Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> well, I did not expect to be talking to you again so soon, Danny. This is rather interesting. That's my siren, not the cat sound. You're going with like the the like German police siren. Yes, it's very it's very European for you. I mean, this is pretty amazing for a lot of reasons. I think the biggest one being the specific timing. I mean, if Kyrie decided he didn't want to play with LeBron James, first of all, that doesn't guarantee anything. But second of all, that information being conveyed almost exactly a month ago would have been much better than it being conveyed now. It's possible that they knew before now, but still interesting yeah there is a report that there is a it was in the last week then the discussion i mean this is definitely true i think because Woj got jeff wexler his agent to discuss it and he neither confirmed nor denied it and if your client is being reported as having a trade request you're going to deny that i mean we a lot of times they'll deny it and there really is a trade request this time not deny it. i mean that means it clearly is true there we've had seven or eight now really credible reporters discussing this. I thought that Windors, who broke it initially, had some interesting lines in his piece about how David Griffin really was good at, kind of had a good relationship with Kyrie and was kind of soothing things a little bit. I think that the front office turmoil certainly cannot have helped with this. And that while it's being talked about that Kyrie wants to have his own team and we could talk about what that means for him and that LeBron James is apparently blindsided by it according to and disappointed according to Windhorse reporting maybe if the organization were run a little bit better they would have been able to tamp this down a little bit they would have been able to convince him all right just stick around one more year they would have been able to keep it from getting out publicly as well all of those things maybe could have happened but now they are going to rely on it looks like Kobe Altman will be the new GM according to Woj's reporting they're going to rely on him now to get the best value and they have a very stark decision to me LeBron could be gone in a year we hear more and more about that are you gonna try and trade Kyrie and stay as good as possible this year or are you just gonna try and get the most assets those two things that are very much at cross purposes and it's even more complicated than that because for me one of my one of my first takeaways and maybe this is just because I feel like LeBron is the second best player of all time not at his peak of his powers now but still awfully good that I think in some ways the biggest impact of this is not so much Kyrie himself it's that it changes LeBron's thinking not only now but a year from now because if his goal is to be as competitive as possible for as long as possible or if you want to see it as a collective or each year individual 
individually, this completely changes the way he thinks about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because if you think I'm playing with I'm playing with Kyrie, I'm playing with Kevin Love, those guys are under contract longer than he is. That's something very different from I'm, you know, I'm going to be there. So that doesn't necessarily mean that like LeBron is definitely going to leave or anything silly like that. But it changes the way he thinks about this in a way that I think we have to discuss now because it affects what Cleveland thinks about here. All right, we have that and much more, of course, to discuss. But first, this from our friends at 5-4 Club. Looking good doesn't need to cost a fortune. 5-4 Club is revolutionizing the way that men shop. For me, the biggest thing that I dislike about shopping is just the amount of time that it takes, right? If you're going to find a good deal, you're going to find something that fits well. You're going to find something that's stylish and that isn't incredibly expensive. Yeah, you you might be able to find something if you go to the store. Be prepared to peruse the sale rack, the sale rack that they intentionally make as difficult to find what you're looking for on as possible because they would prefer that you rather buy the full price stuff. They don't want to encourage you to find the sale stuff. So 5-4 Club makes things much easier. Each month, they send you a curated box of two to three items that are hand-picked to match the current season and your style. They ship to over 100,000 men each month. They know what you're doing, so or they know what they're doing. So if you don't, that's okay. 5-4 Club will help you build your wardrobe one month at a time. You'll get $120 worth of clothes for just $60 a month. You can pause or cancel any time with no commitments. And as a 5-4 Club member, you're not just limited to what they send you. You'll also receive up to 50% off items in their online shop, and you'll get access to exclusive members-only items, free shipping, and size exchanges. So go to 54club.com right now and enter that promo code CAPSPACE, familiar as it is to all of our regular listeners, and they'll give you 50% off your first month's package plus a free pair of sunglasses. That's 50% off your first package at 54club, spelled F-I-V-E-F-O-U-R, club.com. Spell out the numbers, 54club.com, promo code CAPSPACE. So where do you want to go from here in terms of discussing? I think we'll leave the fake trades till the end, but how is this? You wanted to talk about, I guess, how this affects LeBron a little bit. I don't think it does that much because, I mean, unless he felt like, and maybe he did, that Kyrie could be the number one guy on a championship team as LeBron sunset and that Kyrie was going to re-sign there for a five-year deal and be there the entire rest of his career. Because it seems like LeBron, after this next free agent decision, is going to be, where am I going to be for the rest of my career? He's probably not going to want to keep moving around. Unless you feel like he thought all of those things were true. I don't think it affects it as much. Maybe he did think that. Though. I think it was a possibility. I mean, you look at basically what the team would be other than him. And that Cleveland group was pretty strong. Tristan Thompson, still a younger guy. Kevin Love is aging, but going there. And of the teams that were going to have space, because let's assume LeBron can't engineer like a sign and trade or something like that, which maybe he could, it gets into a narrower group of teams. And yeah, it's possible that the Lakers could put together, especially if they can get another max player or something better than that, but it's not definite. And it also like, let's say they do want to trade Kyrie, that it affects the, the package that you want. If you if you think that he wants to compete, you know, make the NBA finals next year, that as you said, that affects what you bring back. And it also not only the return, but who you talk with, because most teams, there are some exceptions to this. Most teams are better suited for either 
either the current like compete now track, like I would say to a point Miami's there, assuming Goran Dragic could be in a deal. Whereas other teams might be in a more distant one where they don't have as many guys that can help the Heat or sorry, help the Cavs win right now, but maybe they have players that could be a part of the next great Cavs team, whenever that is. Yeah, and obviously a lot of these other options for LeBron are in the West where it's much more difficult to make the NBA finals. And it's known that LeBron, it's very important to him to be chasing Michael Jordan to have an argument to be the best player of all time. Perhaps though, it's possible that at this point, at least in these next couple of years, he sees the writing on the wall with the Warriors and he doesn't think they're gonna he's gonna beat them regardless of where he goes. And so hey, I might as well go to LA and live a good lifestyle and get away from Dan Gilbert and all that kind of stuff too. So maybe and work on becoming rich enough to buy an NBA team perhaps someday. You know, that's easier to do perhaps in LA with a, a lot of the ventures that he's involved in. And that's something Michael Jordan probably won't do. <laughs> So it looks like, I mean, if you were Cleveland right now, let me ask you this. And he's got this list of teams that he wants to go to for Chris Haynes. We'll get there. But if you're Cleveland right now, are you going to just say, all right, Phoenix Suns or, you know, someone like a team like that? Hey, you want Kyrie for two years? What kind of assets will you give us? We'll just take the best young players we can. We're just going to try and get ready for the rebuild. LeBron will probably leave anyway if Kyrie's going to be gone. Or are you going to say, hey, you know what? Let's trade Kyrie and make our team as good as we can this year and try to get back to another NBA Finals. I think you look more towards the long term for two reasons. One, I don't think you're going to get back more present value than Kyrie Irving. I just don't think that's realistic. So then you're looking to the future and then you have some potential ups because they could say hey maybe that player is not as good this year the Cavs probably were not going to win the title this year I mean I I even have them I haven't done it all the way but I probably have them below the Rockets if the Rockets work out which we don't know and you know there's there's a lot to a lot to figure out but I think that going for somebody who's talented and not super raw would probably be the way to do that and then the other part we were talking about you know what kind of team let me let me stop you there because I actually disagree with you I think that it's possible for them we'll see what's out there on the market but I think would be possible for them to trade Kyrie Irving and be a better team this year assuming assuming that LeBron James can continue to play at this level if he drops off a little bit offensively and now you just need Kyrie scoring a lot I mean they're not going to get it back as much scoring as Kyrie can give them especially at the biggest moments to have that just completely unstoppable aspect to his game but I think in terms of their defense I think they absolutely could be a better regular season team if they trade Kyrie yeah, and but, get back but if they're players. if they're a better defensive first of all being a better regular season team I don't think that matters at all personally I think that if you're if if you're thinking about Cleveland it's does it make you more likely to win the championship or not I think that I don't care if they win an extra five regular season games it doesn't matter at all granted that's not the way they've approached this offseason and I have my issues with that but the challenge for me with that idea is yes they can get better defensively they can't become a great defensive team and if if what you are is like a better why defensive they? team why, why why can't they they could absolutely become a great defensive team they, it, like, but can they be LeBron? better than the Warriors? Here's here's where I'm getting at. If what yeah. you are is you're a very good defense, but you're worse than the Warriors, and you're a worse offense, then that's not a that's not as reliable a path as being an unstoppable offensive team and hoping to scrap together enough stops. That's a more realistic way to do it. No, I mean I don't think that they. I mean this is the this Warriors team might be the greatest team of all time. Like I think, but in terms of just being a in general a better team, having a chance to actually pretend to stop them, at least make them try to 
score one-on-one on occasion over good defenders, which they were not able to do at all in the finals last year, have the ability to just create some sort of pressure on the perimeter, force them into some turnovers, which they're not, they don't really have those type of players presently, and just put themselves in position. If there's an injury, if Steph Curry, maybe he's going to be 30 by next year's finals, he'll have dropped off a little bit. Maybe KD will drop off a little bit. Maybe, you know, Draymond will drop off a little bit defensively. Like there's, I think you could put yourself in a better position to compete against the Warriors. I realize what you're saying if like, okay, you're taking away, because I, and I echoed many of the same sentiments, right? You you have the ability just with this explosiveness that Kyrie and LeBron together can bring and all that shooting J.R. Smith that like maybe on your best day, you can be better than them offensively. And even if they have this great defense, they can't stop you. And that's how you can maybe win some games. But, and I think I would think more of that argument if they only had to play one game against the Warriors. But I think overall, it's just their defense was so, so far away from coming close to stopping the Warriors that I think you just have to get better on that and to compete with them over a seven game series. I, I understand your point, though. I think that's making him more like, remember when we had these discussions before Kawhi got hurt and everything like that for years about, well, can the Spurs score enough to beat the Warriors? And the argument basically there is that LeBron is going to have to shoulder this whole burden. And I've been well, working. They still got my... Kevin Love. They still got a crap load of shooting. You know, and, oh, so, and, well, but but so if we'll you're see. if you're going to keep Kevin Love on the floor, if you're going to do that, then this whole idea of being a great defense just gets thrown out there. I mean, you can't you can't have this both ways. You can't say, oh, we're going to create a defense good enough to stop the Warriors, but we're still going to play Kevin Love. Well, if everyone else is really good, I think you could get pretty close there. But I, all right, I, we're getting far too far afield here. Sure. Let's talk about what the, just what do you think of Kyrie as a result of him having made this request? I think that it's a good reminder that not every player sees their career and their life in basketball the same way. That, you know, the way that uh, Dieter Kurtenbach brought up Clay Thompson, and I think Thompson's a very interesting parallel here because he's somebody who's basically kind of, at least publicly, been chill about being a smaller part on a bigger machine. But a lot of guys aren't that way. You know, that's just not that's just not the way they function. And if Kyrie, if that that wasn't what he wanted. He is totally within his rights to say something about it. And the Cavs are totally within the rights to say, we don't care. You're under contract. You, you, we don't have to trade you if we don't want to. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. I mean, I, it's remains to be seen where that ends up and i think you know there's some chance maybe that they don't move him uh chris haynes reporting that they're upset that these got out yeah i, I probably would be too oh to one me, other hilarious yeah. wait, wait one quick point on that of course the Cavs are frustrated because they think that depresses his trade value but if if part of your goal is well maybe Kyrie doesn't necessarily want to focus on being on a title contender players should want to depress their trade value like that doesn't hurt the player very much unless your value is depressed so much that it's hard to get an acceptable offer in which case then it can become a big problem and that might be part of the mellow issue actually i feel you on that one it's maybe because there was even a report windhor said that th- that he thought about requesting this after the 2060 if they won the championship and it does seem to me there's not much way around it to me that winning is not the most important thing to Kyrie irving i don't know how you can really draw much of a conclusion other than that and he is more interested in seeing exactly what heights he can take his own game and maybe a team but he has to be the number one guy i think kobe had some similar things and obviously those guys are close and and kyrie has always looked up to him but uh, it's really and you're playing with the second best player of all time and it's not like he's not getting enough shots he had a higher usage than lebron james did he averaged 25 a game and 
perhaps it's always been something that's really stuck in his craw that they haven't been able to succeed when James has been off the floor. But part of that is because Kyrie's not that good, right? Like, I mean, like, what do you think Kyrie is in terms? Like, is he a top 15 player in the NBA right now? And over the course of a regular season, I would not say so. He's a top 15 talent, but he's not a top 15 player. I mean, I've yeah. been skeptical of his ability to be the key player in a successful offense for a long time, like, especially in the regular season. The playoffs, you know, his one-on-one scoring is incredible. And Kyrie has been put in the best possible circumstance to make himself look good. He has been able to score a lot. He has been able to play make when he needs to, but he has not had to be the guy when the rubber meets the road. So if there was success, like the game winning shot he hit in game seven of the NBA finals, if there is success, he could be a big part of it. And if there was failure, it was on LeBron James and his teammates. It wasn't on him. And so I think that leads to Kyrie having an inflated reputation, especially because he has succeeded in big moments. But as a game to game player, I think that he is he is overrated in that way. However, that doesn't necessarily matter in terms of a, a potential trade because we've seen perception be more important than reality in big profile trades before. Yeah, and I think there are many who would disagree with our assessment. And what you said about the playoffs is true too, whether it's that would be the case when he's not playing with LeBron. I'm not sure. But I mean, if he and he's some of the teams he's talking about going to, I don't know that that quite matches up with this idea that he wants to be more of a focal point. I mean, there's this. Let's get to that list. The Spurs, Minnesota, New York and Miami. I think on two of those teams, he would be the focal point. But I definitely don't think he would be the focal point to me on Minnesota. He might be the third best player, uh, assuming that Carl Towns takes another step forward this year. Obviously, he's way below the level of Kawhi Leonard. Perhaps he doesn't really see it that way. Maybe he still sees. Kawhi is kind of this 3 and D guy instead of, you know, someone who's better than he is on both ends. And Miami, yeah, New York, yeah, he would be the number one guy probably. But if he's the best player on your team, I mean, are you a 500 team? I don't think so, unless you just have like a ton of depth and defense and shooting around him. Well, I don't want to get too much into parsing a list of four teams. The Spurs are the most interesting to me because the dynamic is most similar to Cleveland. Because, I mean, he might not, as you said, he might not see it that same way, but him playing with Kawhi, Kawhi and playing with LeBron are very different on the court just because Kawhi and LeBron are different players. But a lot of that stuff is the same. So maybe part of this is just not that he does he wants to be the guy, but maybe just that he doesn't want to play with LeBron. Yeah, maybe that is what the issue is. And he had some comments that Brian repeated in his story about how difficult it was for him when LeBron first came in. And I'm not even going to say that they have some sort of a personal issue between them so much as maybe it's just, hey, LeBron has the ball in his hands. He's just like I want to develop that aspect of my game a little bit more whatever it is so you've got this list of four teams let's do percentage here what do you think the percentage chance of each of these three things is number one they don't trade them at all at least until the end of next season so before like whenever their season ends in 2018 number one number two he gets traded to one of those four teams number three gets traded to a team that isn't one of those four teams so the chance that he stays I'm somewhere around 40 percent I just... I just don't see it. This is a hard time to make a trade happen and just Cleveland needs to figure out what they want, all that sort of stuff. So I think saying 60% he's traded, 40% he stays is about right. And then the chances between that group and not, I mean, the big issue is that a few of the teams on that list don't really have a cogent way of getting him, or maybe they have one narrow path and it requires them being willing to do it. Like, so for example, for the Knicks, like for me, I think that the only way that the Knicks can make a, a trade for him reasonably 
is with is with Porzingis being a part of it. I I guess maybe if they really want Melo and to go short term, but that would to me that would be an, a really irresponsible move for Cleveland to make, and I never predict that. That sometimes happens. Serge Ibaka to the to the Magic, but I'm not going to predict that. So I'll say it's more likely that he gets traded out of that list than on that list because I don't see a team there that screams, "Oh, this makes a ton of sense." Other than maybe Miami. Well, but here's the thing about getting traded out of that list. He, if he doesn't want to go there, he has more value to the teams on that list because he presumably then would be willing to extend. Now, he probably is going to have to become a free agent because then he he will not be eligible for the designated player veteran extension. He will be eligible to make over $30 million. The extension that he could get, it could only be 120% of his prior salary, which is about $20 million this year. So it's the same problem as Paul George. Once he gets traded, you can't can't offer him a market extension by the way pour another one out for the designated player veteran extension that's supposed to help keep these type of players another time where it didn't really work it at all he's clearly doesn't seem too well, concerned about that well something else i want to make a point with him is that i also don't think kyrie irving is going to qualify because he yeah, had, basically has to make too. an all he also has to make an all nba team and we're seeing the way the guards work i mean that's it's an extremely high list but that's that's my point is that like this thing that was supposed to help these sort of players stay home and give them right. the incentive is failing to give them the incentive i mean number well, one what they should have done is just fix the extension system and made it so that they had more flexibility instead of just being able to give 20 percent raises yeah. if a guy has full bird rights why can't you pay them the maximum like that never made any sense to me nope uh it's still like protecting owners from themselves i guess and yep. i mean it's it's a vestige of the old system uh i mean that used to be i think so some of the rules and, so, and where there was more flexibility there and so then they took it away completely in 2011 now it's back a little bit but still i I mean i agree just more freedom and and of course like the whole thing fixing the extension system just being able to pay anyone that you want to 35 percent of the cap you know all all these things would fix we we don't want to get too far afield heel but but another example i think of how this piecemeal system is kind of failing to accomplish what it was supposed to accomplish meanwhile the point i was getting back to is if he doesn't you don't have any idea that he wants to stay there and it seems if he's created this list that it's going to indicate that he doesn't want to go yeah maybe you got two years to sell him on it fine uh and if you're one of these asset teams other than boston who you, you wouldn't imagine would be in the mix here probably not gonna be that good i don't see philly wanting to get involved I mean, phoenix seems like an obvious one maybe but how good is phoenix gonna be in the west or maybe denver could be another one potentially again how, how good are they going to be they're going to be able to give him what he wants there so you're yeah you might give some stuff up but once you get to the point where you're not going to give up the farm i don't think if you're one of those teams for two years of irving he's got a player option for the next year but we're not counting that of course because he'll opt out if he's any good you're either stuck for that or he's opting out so yeah i, I really don't see why you know this list of teams i think they can give reasonably commensurate assets at least some of them when you consider the fact that the other universe of teams isn't going to pay up as much because you're only getting them for two years whereas if you're one of these teams you have the feeling of hope of resigning him and then you're getting him in theory for longer here's the thing i agree with you if teams behaved rationally but they don't like we have seen teams treat pay more for a rental than we expected that they that that a team would pay to try to keep a guy as a star who who well i'm thinking about all of these guys have gone for so much less well i'm thinking i think pretty much every player who's been traded recently who is any good they got less for him than we would have thought they would have yeah the only exceptions to that are mellow and darren williams 
Williams when they got traded in, and that's yeah, a, but that was two CBAs that was a ago. totally different time though. Yeah, yeah, and also totally those were way worse. Those were way worse teams. I guess I'm thinking back of to somebody like Ibaka, but Ibaka is a totally different caliber of player than Kyrie. I agree with you on that premise. But what I'm saying is, I just don't think GMs like necessarily think that way. Of the you know, it's it's kind of the I can set up my job for a couple of years. I think the Suns are probably a good example of this. Now, well, no, no, it's completely different. The Suns, they are. Remember, Ryan McDonough just got a contract extension. When you have all these young guys and young assets, your job is in much better shape than if you trade for Kyrie Irving, create expectations, don't fulfill them, and then he leaves in two years and you don't have those assets anymore. Like by pushing your timeline, this is exactly what Gar Foreman and John Paxton just did. By pushing your timeline down three years, you just gained yourself another three or four years before you even see if the rebuild works or not. If your owner is a, is amenable to that, I guess you're right in that sort of a circumstance. But if you're like, let's say where Stan Van Gundy is, then you probably want to push your chips to the table because you don't you don't haven't earned that patience. Yeah, but I don't see many situations like that at this That's point. Fair. And certainly not a situation with the assets to trade for Kyrie because if you had those assets, then you wouldn't be in trouble for your job. So one of the other things that we should discuss before we get into fake trades is the kind of the concept of a timeline here because there, to me, there are kind of three windows that make the most sense to think about if we're talking about Kyrie Irving potentially being traded, let's say, before the end of his contract. One window is right now. So that is, you know, just basically teams that have cap space, teams that have commensurate salary, but also there there is a large universe of unavailable space slash players. So like, for example, Minnesota can't trade Jeff Teague. So whether or not Cleveland will want him in trade, they can't do that. It's a lot more complicated to make the math work. Yeah. Second window. Those rules, by the way, uh, you if you sign as a free agent, you cannot be traded for three months or until December 15th, whichever is sooner. If you re-sign as a bird rights free agent with early bird or full bird rights, you cannot be traded until January 15th. Correct. And so so you have that window, which is more the immediate. So I think to a point that takes Minnesota out of it. But then you have the second window, which is after that, but before the trade deadline or at the trade deadline. And so then that opens up more things. Teams will know where they are. You get Irving for two playoffs, but really one and a half regular seasons. And then the third window is after next year. And then you're getting, it's more in the Paul George situation where you're getting a guy who's about to leave probably. And then, and then maybe at that point, then you're, the offers are probably depressed enough that maybe a team will pay differently on a rental. You know, it, it, it depends. I mean, look at, or maybe the GM's going to screw up like they did in the Paul George case. So that is also important, especially when you consider that Cleveland is a clear cut title contender this year. And I think that really narrows the December 15th to February 15th or so. I don't know the exact trade deadline this year. I think it really narrows that window because then you ha- you throw everything in at one time. And I think it's just too chaotic. Oof. I certainly would be inclined to try to make a deal now for a number of reasons. One, you can get LeBron James's input on it. And I think there are workable deals out there, as we'll get to. I came up with a few. But God, how many times have we teased that already now? Uh, but I think if you are the Cavaliers, can you go into the season, LeBron James and Kyrie Irving at loggerheads like this? And now you're going to lose a bunch of games. You're going to kill team chemistry. Maybe Kyrie's value goes down because he just is kind of tanking it and playing really poorly. I mean, he had a great playoffs, just averaged 25 a game. He could get hurt too. That's another big issue. Like he certainly doesn't have the cleanest health record, was dealing with knee soreness during the playoffs again in that surgically repaired knee where he broke his kneecap. 
I think if you can at all do it, I mean, unless they're just comically hopeless offers, then I think you got to do it now. Yeah, I mean, well, I certainly think that if if the idea is that you're going to have to move him at some point, and I, I don't necessarily buy that premise just because we've seen it before that, you know, a guy like Kobe did this, he demanded a trade, then it didn't end up happening, all that sort of stuff. And I, I am of the belief that unless they get a ridiculous offer, they're not going to be as good this year. So you, you go through that. But when then you remember that the market next year, if, if he basically says, I'm gone no matter what, then the market then sucks. So it's kind of like the risk premium idea go- changes a lot. And then and if you're saying basically this is going to be bad no matter what, then maybe we're going to do it. So I I agree with you, but I would be, I think I would probably be a little bit more cautious than you would be just to wait for a really good offer. Just because I, I don't think you can justify do, doing this for, for cents on the dollar, just because the downside risk of having a potentially winning a title is just worth it. Yeah, I think to me, I want to be aggressive here about improving the team as much as I can for this year. I think that that you still have LeBron James on the team. He is a no trade, by the way, in case anyone was wondering about that, like the total rebuild. I really think that I would be aggressive. And I think if they could just get more shooting and defense on the wing around LeBron, maybe get off a little bit of salary as well. Mon Shumpert, a key guy that they've been trying to move. I think you could still get there. I mean, I might even try to move Love as well and really get to the point where, especially if they could get Carmelo as well. So here's my first fake trade for the Knicks. This is probably the one that I think is the most realistic. Here we go. We'll look at it from the Knicks perspective first. And this is actually going to end up being a three-way trade, but there's some other construction that this could take. So the Knicks are going to get Kyrie and Amon Shumpert, and they're going to trade away. And there might be some more stuff that has to go in here to make the salary match. These teams all have some salaries that goes. They're going to trade away Carmelo to Cleveland. And then they're going to trade Frank Nilakina, now superfluous with the arrival of Kyrie Irving, to San Antonio for Danny Green. And then Green will be routed on to Cleveland. And there was some talk that Cleveland might even be trying to acquire Green from the Spurs earlier. He actually started his career in Cleveland. I think he was actually on one of those early LeBron teams. like he the, was. the last one before he left. So now, and then having acquired Melo, the Cavaliers could move low love to get maybe some more help a traditional point guard though i don't think they would really need one i think you could just have lebron at least in crunch time i mean you would need one for the regular season but i think in crunch time if you had tristan thompson Mello, lebron danny green jr smith like that would actually be a pretty solid lineup you could switch more defensively Mello still a liability jr a little spacey i get that to some degree but i think that's still like pretty damn good defensively and then whatever you get for love we're not even talking about what they could trade him for at this point and maybe maybe well, the that answer there takes... might might not be that much considering the rumors from this summer yeah maybe that's so but it's you could at least get a couple of functional players who can shoot i mean they'd still have kyle corver as well I, I, and they'd have some more versatility around corver you don't have to have love and corver on the floor at the same time corver and mellow on the floor is not much better but maybe a little bit better so i, I think that would and it wouldn't have to be danny green that they go get with nilakina great but there are not that many three and d guys who are kind of coming to the end of their contracts who are also on teams that need point guards like the spurs need a long-term point guard they had success with a player who i think is similar to nilakina in george hill maybe the spurs would have to throw in a little bit more than green green making 10 million this year he's got a player option for next year at 10 million which he likely will decline i, I would say unless he has a horrible year this year so maybe the spurs need to throw in a little bit more they could put in a few 
future pick although they're usually loath to trade those or maybe DeJounte Murray who again becomes a little bit superfluous as well I think that that is and the Spurs are maybe if they're trying to play a little bit more for towards the future they take a, a step back this year but maybe they can get cheaply a player who's, who's got a lot of talent and upside not superstar upside but could be like a quality starter at point guard with some size and defense and shooting uh tell me why that trade sucks it doesn't suck my issue with the trade yes. is from san antonio's side I think this is a, a a strange calibration for them because San Antonio, part of what they have done is they have succeeded by by wing depth. And maybe they just they're they're believing themselves that they can find more guys like that. But they just let Jonathan Simmons go. And Danny Green, you know, he's been not a Spurs lifer, but functionally, he's he's a he's a part of it right now. He's been been there for a while now and they don't have many other ways to replace him. They have some late draft picks. They'll have cap space next year. But the, as as we've talked about endlessly, that spot is very hard to fill. They have to really love Frank Nelkina. And it's possible they do, but I just think that's where the overvaluation happens. And so basically the Knicks get a good return because it because in that way the Spurs are overvaluing Frank. And then the 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 Cavs get a reasonable return for exactly the same reason. So I don't think it's horrible. And I but the problem is the way that assets would have to go to kind of make the to remedy that if the if the if the Spurs see Frank a little bit less highly than than that trade would presume is that the Knicks don't have a lot to sweeten that pot. They they just really don't because just the way their team is structured, maybe somebody like Kuzminskas or Aaron Gomez, you know, somebody yeah. in that range. And I think that would be more of, you know, that that could be a small sweetener, but that's not like a, a, a meaningful oh, one. See, I, I completely disagree with you. I think that Neil Aquino is a much better asset than Danny Green. He's just the eighth pick. I mean, unless, and like, yeah, yeah I but get the, the, he, he was should, just. We he thought just that the, Dennis Smith should have gone higher than him, but I mean, no one was saying like, "Oh, he's just in general is like you know he's a, a normal guy to be taking at the lower end of the top ten." I mean, if you compare, for example, like George Hill, who is much younger than Green, one year year left on his contract, they had restricted rights on. They got the number fifteen pick for him. I mean, trading a guy Didn't like Danny Green, a good player. Uh, no, uh, Kawhi was number fifteen. Oh no, George I was Hill talking about the, when George Hill got traded for the eleven pick like two years ago. Oh, 12, yeah, for, for 12, the twelve, 12 pick. Tory and Prince. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, although that was a, a situation where he was just such a good fit in Utah, and also that was not a very good draft, uh, the 2016 draft, and Utah had so many young guys and picks, I think they just really wanted to make that trade, so I, I don't know that that's a, as comparable, but this to me it would kind of be a Spurs move. You take a guy who you might not be able to re-sign, and who's older, I mean he's 30 now I think, and who to try and get younger in a way that you wouldn't really have a chance to, even if you are going to take a little bit of a step back this season so I, I think I mean I think Neil Aquina, even though you know he's not Dennis Smith so far he still is a guy who has some potential and they need a, a point guard of the future there he's a, a like a better asset to me than Danny Green is now maybe he plays the first two months of the season doesn't look good and that isn't the case anymore but I think as of right now I would I would say that actually it would be the Spurs who would have to sweeten the pot a little bit I don't know I think there's some of the car driving off the lot and while I agree with you on on Frank we're having to to question that team's valuation you want to go I, mine I don't yeah. have a full structure but it's it's more the concept of one that I think makes sense. Okay. So to me, the team that kind of reconciles a lot of these different ideas is Miami. And so the reason why is Miami has, they have not as high level wings as Danny Green, but they have guys like that. And then they have Goran Dragic. Dragic is a really logical fit for a trade like this because his contract is less than Kyrie. It's about 10 million less. Kyrie's at, I think, 28.8 and and he's at seven, at 17. So that's, you know, that's a reasonable range. Uh, yeah, he's at 18.8. Oh, so, so actually it's just, 
it's even closer than I thought it was. Okay, anyway, so basically my structure would be Drogic, Justice Winslow, or Bam, maybe both, but probably one or the other, and then I and then probably Josh Richardson. So at that point, what Miami has is Kyrie is definitely the guy. It's a place that he has on his list, and Cleveland gets players that can help them compete right now, but are also on reasonable enough deals to make it work. So they would have restricted rights and full bird rights if Josh Richardson was in the deal. Justice or Bam, either one of those guys, they're both on on rookie scale deals for either two or four years, depending. And Bam can't be included in trade to be the Andrew Wiggins thing again. You know, you can't can't trade him until after he's been signed, but you could agree but, to it. Well, now. I mean, the hilarity, of course, is that uh, Dion and Kyrie, hey, maybe they can have another press conference together in which they just insist that they don't hate one another. Uh, you have to imagine Dion not to be going back to Cleveland. He can't be traded until December 15th anyway. Correct. Uh, and... Kyrie may may not want to play with Dion, a, a possibility. But, but I mean, Dion's probably the sixth. He's probably the sixth man on that team. I don't think you worry about who playing with your sixth man. I mean, you're they're probably yeah. going to start Tyler Johnson in the in that case because he's a better fit, kind of doing what what you want next to Kyrie. And then they figure out the three spot. I mean, they have a they have a bunch of other guys they can try there. And it's not perfect. And also, of course, they could throw in guys like Rodney Magruder. You know, they have the, uh, what I the other reason I like the Heat is that they have a lot of other kind of ancillary pieces that could be interesting to to Cleveland. Like Wayne Ellington, reasonable contract expiring, you know, depending on what they want to take back. They could take back, I haven't run the exact math on it, but, you know, they could take back Channing Fry. There are a bunch of different ways that you could, permutations that you could do. But the reason why I like this is Dragic, because Dragic, while he doesn't love being the other guy, he can do it and he's pretty good at it. And his contract makes sense for that. So you get him, you get in a two young building blocks and Dragic. And I think that's the foundation of a reasonable Kyrie trade. Yeah, depending on what Winslow can become from a shooting perspective. It- and Richardson those guys have some potential Bam probably not a guy who's going to help this year those two guys could they're younger as well could be building blocks for the future like I could see under either of these scenarios Cleveland being better than they this year than they would be with Kyrie the trade I proposed or the trade that you proposed yeah I don't mind that one too much I think Miami has just enough maybe if you're Miami you're also trying to get some salary relief maybe you could get them to take Tyler Johnson who actually another guy who would be a nice fit next to LeBron shooting threes defending the other team's point guard yeah so i actually i like him in that money. deal too i just didn't think dan gilbert was going to want to pay the money but yeah i agree with well, you. well it, it would of be it. of course difficult because he makes six million this year and he's going to make 18 and 19 the next two years after this so that's a luxury tax ticking time bomb to be sure but for this year he wouldn't cost that much in and, the trade. and if, Le- and if lebron leaves they're not going to be worried about that anyway they're not going to be over the tax i don't think yeah and maybe they could take back like a chaining fry or something or, or, Shump. or shumpert shumpert something to kind of all right you're taking out a little bit worse of salary but uh, not quite as bad no i think uh, that makes sense i mean it, it just those two organizations working together on, on a trade i mean that's the, the hilarity of of all that oh but, no oh you know, no there, I, there's better hilarity than that and that's trading andrew wiggins for Kyrie. yeah that i mean that's the next one and so minnesota i don't see any construction that could possibly work other than that right you can include towns you can include jimmy butler so basically it's going to take everything else that's left including andrew wiggins uh no i think they could include jimmy butler i think Kyrie wants to play with jimmy butler i think that's the only reason minnesota's no. on the 
list. Yeah, okay. That that, that may be the case, but technically they could include because he was taken into Oh, captives. yeah, no, I'm just talking about yeah. as a practical matter. I'm okay, not saying okay. due yeah. to trade rules. Right, right, okay, gotcha. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that is going to happen, but yeah, I mean, well, so that's a question. If you're Minnesota, you just trade. I mean, it would probably have to be uh, Cole Aldrich and Wiggins for Kyrie to make the math work, or Gorgie Gang would have to be involved, which uh, I, I wouldn't mind either if I were Minnesota, but anyway, to continue, yeah, would you just do that if it's just Wiggins and some salary for Kyrie? Would you do that if you're Minnesota? Oh, man. I would be much more comfortable doing that in December after they have a better idea of what Wiggins is next to Jimmy Butler, but... I mean, I got a pretty good idea already, but that's me. Yeah, but I, I think where I am with Wiggins, I think I would, just because that team, I mean, that team is just, has so much, has more firepower. Like, it gets kind of closer to the idea, and Jeff Teague, his contract is fine. You know, if that's what happens is you're just a little bit ill-fitting for a couple months and then you eventually make it work. I, I don't know that you can necessarily get a ton back for Teague. I think that he, pff, I'd have to think about whether he passes or fails the Nene test, but it's a challenge there. But I mean, if you have a core of Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns, you could make that kind of stuff work. I don't forget Jamal Crawford. Well, um, and also, also, I think in some ways that that sort of a structure probably makes Taj Gibson make more sense because you're going to need better defense. I don't think Minnesota would do it. I completely agree with you. I, I think that although I, I think that number one, the fit is better. And number two, if Wiggins is ever as good as Kyrie Irving, I think you're doing backflips. So, I mean, it is probably two of the guys in the league whom points per game most overrate. <laughs> but at least Kyrie is efficient. He's got a little bit more passing vision than... And Wiggins and maybe if Wiggins could ever figure it out defensively I just don't really see him becoming like some massive plus on that end we just haven't seen that type of intensity from him and he's redundant with Butler Kyrie a much much better fit of course I mean it's just going to be an isolation every single time down though at that point maybe a pick and pop for Carl Towns if they could get that involved I I mean that just seems like one of those trades that us blogger dorks like to discuss so not one that necessarily is that a, seems it's a realistic. sexy blogger trade as opposed to a sexy blogger pick. yeah but is there is there any other construction that doesn't include one of the big three that you could come up with? No, especially and, and, remember Minnesota don't... owes a first round pick. They owe it to yeah. as a part of con- completing the Adrian Payne trade. So that makes it even harder. And you get into the situation that was true when LeBron got traded to the Heat and all right. those other ones of when you're trading for a team's first round picks and a trade that gets them an all star, they're probably not going to be valuable picks and they don't have anybody else. Yes. Yeah. And, and the other problem, too, there is there's nobody. And by the way, actually, I think of all these trade constructions getting Wiggins back although he's the best individual asset is the least exciting in terms of like how good they're going to be this year I think it would make them much worse this year uh I don't like the fit of Wiggins with LeBron at all um so there's also that component of it and there's really if the Wiggins isn't in the deal though Minnesota we've lamented how bad their supporting players are so there's none of them going back are going to really help much yeah, that would be uh that would be very interesting though. Maybe Kevin Love could be included as well. Uh I don't really see anything that would work in a direct trade between Cleveland and San Antonio. No, I don't either. I actually think the Spurs are they're they're not asset poor, they're just high-end asset poor because they have Kawhi, but they're not going to trade him. So, I I don't think there's much that really makes much sense. Yeah, Danny Green could be a possibility, but all the other stuff and, and a lot of the players they yeah. have are these interesting young guards that don't make any sense with LeBron. So, I, I yeah. 
yeah, I, I really, it. it would have to be if somehow they thought that LaMarcus and Danny Green, and I mean, maybe the Spurs have a first run or two, but man, Kyrie sure as hell doesn't seem like a Spurs culture kind of guy, does he? We get another test to see, well, I mean, you could say like, oh, we'll find out how good he is. I mean, we're already seeing what, like him in a similar role to that with Cleveland, maybe not on the defensive end, but hey, hey yeah. Well, do you want to go through a little bit on the, there are a couple other teams that I think are intriguing, but maybe not necessarily realistic, but I just think like I, when I was, I, so I t- went through every team's roster and separated into like best fits, possibilities, and then a few other groups, which we don't need to talk about. But there were two other teams that I just thought I just had a little bit of a brain thing going, huh? So okay, the, first, let's hear them. The, the first one is Boston. This has actually happened in the sports business classroom thing that we did was they actually negotiated a Kyrie deal, which was funny. And I don't think that deal was necessarily the greatest reflection of it. The idea there would be that Kyrie is just a less risky version of Isaiah. I mean, they're, they're different players, but the idea being that he's under contract for an extra year, he's a lot younger, and Isaiah isn't perfect with LeBron, but they have so many other assets that they could theoretically put something together. I mean, with Boston, with Boston, it's just about what they're willing to include or anything like that. So Boston's intriguing for that reason. And then the other one, uh, not what I would do if I were them, but Denver. And the reason why Denver is because they have high-end assets. They have Nikola Jokic, they have Jamal Murray. And so, and they also have a bunch of salary filler that could be potentially useful for the Cavs. Wilson Chandler being an obvious piece, Fareed Moore as a salary piece, Will Barton, guys like that. So I don't think that either one of those teams is going to jump in, but I was like, well, if they wanted to, they could make it happen, which is a group that I've started considering more now when I'm drawing these things out. Yeah, Jamal Murray for Kyrie Irving is something that I've thought of, and then more salary filler would have to go in there, of course. And maybe maybe you could even get Jamal Murray and Gary Harris for Kyrie Irving. But then Jamal Murray is not ready to play championship level of basketball this year. And so if, if you're going to make the decision, all right, you know, LeBron, he's probably going to leave. We'll keep him around anyway, and we'll might even still make the finals this year just because we have LeBron with these young dudes, whatever. And now we have a piece or pieces going forward when he inevitably leaves. But I mean, number one, you know, getting to the finals, like, do you think, you don't think that the Suns, if you could offer Robert Sarver, hey, you know what, like you could make it to the finals this year, but then you just have to give up all your assets to just make it to the finals this one year he probably wouldn't just say yes to that you know there are well, they wouldn't make the final you mean the conference finals because they you there's no construction no no no, no i'm just saying this is just complete hypothetical right because i'm talking about the idea of either hey making the finals in a year matters right it's not all about the future right no i, I agree with you better. that's why that's why i was saying the teams that that's we might see a team pay more for him that's outside of that group just because they might overvalue that idea of like oh look at what we could be i agree with you yeah I, i'm talking about from the Cavs standpoint though if you're you're given a choice between hey let's make the finals let's give ourselves at least a puncher's chance in the finals against the Warriors this year with LeBron and yeah okay we probably have to start over from zero after that fine or okay we get LeBron for this year but we get back a bunch of young assets maybe we don't make the finals this year and then he leaves leaves anyway but at least we have more of a starting point I like door number one better out of those if I'm Cleveland so do I I I think that's totally fine do you have any other I have one other team that I want to mention there are a few others that I've thought of that are intriguing for various reasons, but uh, there's one other one that I, I kind of wanted to mention. 
So be it. The Bucks. The Bucks for one very basic reason. If if you are somebody who does not believe in the fit of Jabari Parker and Giannis, this could be a way of making that make sense. Because Kyrie, you know, if if really the issue, and this is what I was getting at before of like, if he's willing to play for the Spurs, if the issue is really playing with LeBron specifically, he can have the ball more, I would say, with Giannis than with LeBron. And they can put together the assets to make this work. And my idea for the core was Middleton and Jabari Parker. You And there are a bunch of other kind of like middle assets that they could add in. And I think if you... If you theoretically are going to move Kevin Love for a point guard, I think that actually kind of makes sense for Cleveland, depending on what else is out there. Yeah, a couple problems there, though. Number one, Jabari probably not going to help you at all this year. Number two, now you're actually creating a potential threat to yourselves in the East this year. Probably not. Cleveland's probably still better but with LeBron. But again, we don't know how long he's going to be able to play at this level. So I think that that's one issue. And I, I don't know that that's... And that's almost like the worst of both worlds to me, that trade. That's like you're not really getting good enough this year and you're not really establishing enough of a foundation going forward either if lebron leaves that's certainly fair all right thanks so much for listening don't forget about five four club use that cap space code at five four club to get started with them and let them know that you came from us we'll be back to regular scheduled programming probably early next week talk to y'all then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.